Monday, everyone. It's Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Governor Gretchen Whitmer's new plan to fix the roads, at least some of the roads, has been met with the partisan reaction that everyone should have expected. She's seeking $3.5 billion in new bonds to fix some of the state highways that are in the worst shape. Democrats are praising the governor for no longer waiting for Republicans to play ball. They would not take up her 45-cent gas tax increase last year. But Republicans are also criticizing this plan as being inadequate, and some say it's fiscally irresponsible. The governor admits this is not a long-term road funding solution, but she says it's necessary given the political gridlock that she's faced at the Capitol. Here to talk about his opposition to the governor's plan is someone who served eight years in the executive office trying to convince lawmakers to raise taxes to fix the roads. Brian Kelly is the former lieutenant governor of Michigan and is the current president of the Small Business Association of Michigan. Brian Kelly, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for having me on the show. It's been a while since we talked. It has been a while since we talked. I'm glad that you are here. So you wrote a long Facebook post last week explaining the math behind your opposition to this plan. Give us a snapshot of what you were trying to say uh, in that post. This is exactly what got us into this mess in the first place, which was uh, short-term borrowing. You get a little bit of a bump in your in your road quality for a few years. Last time, after about a decade of borrowing, we got uh, good rated roads for uh, about three or four years, and then they started declining. But then they declined faster because the maintenance money was not being used for maintenance anymore. It was being used for debt service. So take that previous experience and um, and turn it up, and that's what we'll have this time because it's even more borrowing before. In fact, more borrowing than than really we've ever seen in modern times. And and again, it's this diversionary dynamic that unfolds when you do something like this that ultimately means you have less money to actually maintain the roads. Is that right? That's right. So take, for example, in 2014, halfway through the Snyder administration, we were still paying $240 million a year in debt service on the loans that Governor Engler and Governor Granholm had taken out. So by the time Rick Snyder took office, all the borrowed monies were, were, were spent, those proceeds were gone, and all we were left with was $240 million a year in loan payments. And uh, so we, we worked really hard to get those paid off while also increasing uh, support for, for roads and just trying to dig out of that hole that the previous two uh, governors had uh, dug us into. And, uh, and now here we see maximizing the debt. And re- really, this is maximizing the amount that the state is allowed to go into the debt for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's $300 million in debt service. So people think they're, they're paying for roads at the pump, but really what they're doing is paying for road projects that were done in the past. Mm-hmm. So you and Rick Snyder tried to accomplish a real road funding solution for almost the entire time uh, you were in office. But the legislature um, was was eventually in the way. I mean, it was it was Republicans in the legislature who stood between the state and a, a road funding solution. I, I wonder what you think would be a better solution that could realistically get through this Republican-controlled 
legislature. One of the things that the current governor is saying is she just doesn't have a choice. She tried last year to get them to raise the gas tax. They said no. So she's got to do something. What what would your strategy look like? Well, it, it needs to be a negotiation. What we saw last year was the governor put an option on the table. The Republicans didn't like it. The Republicans came back with three different options for the governor. She didn't like any of those options. End of discussion. But that's not really how negotiations work. You have to be willing to get into space that you're not comfortable with. In terms of what are the other options, I mean, literally any other option is better than this one, whether it's gas taxes or registration fees or general fund support. Some roads uh, could potentially be uh, toll roads as well. I mean, any other option is better than spending the next generation of road maintenance money on projects today. It'd be kind of like if you had a fleet of vehicles and you bought a new vehicle at the expense of maintaining the rest of your vehicles. It, it's just it's just not it's not sustainable, and uh, it, it really does, it takes the current problems and it makes them even bigger in the future. So I, I, I think it's really just get back at the table with Governor Snyder and I uh, to get a $1.2 billion increase and to reduce the debt uh, by over a billion dollars and bring those debt payments down by over $100 million a year. It took four or five years of persistent uh, work through the legislative process. And while we didn't get as much as, as we wanted, it, you never get everything you want in the legislative process. So you just have to keep on working at it. And if you, and if you wait until you get everything that you want, then you'll, you'll end up with nothing. And I think that's, the, that's really the lesson out of this is, is to be prepared to negotiate. There are things that Republicans have put on the table that they've said we've been, we'd be willing to support new revenue under certain circumstances. The governor wants new revenue under other circumstances, but there is there's a pathway to a deal. They just need to keep on working at it. So in other words, from your standpoint, maybe she's acting a little too hurriedly here. In other words, it's only been 12 months that she's been governor. She didn't get a deal out of the legislature last year. You would just keep at it as, as opposed to reaching for a solution that doesn't require lawmakers. That's right. I mean, especially since last year the, um, the, the proposal was put on the table and then the majority of the year was consumed with, with just the, uh, the budget debate and some balance of powers issues. And so there was, wasn't really a lot of time spent trying to make the roads package happen, say, for the first couple months after it was, uh, after it was proposed. It, it, it takes longer to do big things in, in this process. One of the frustrating things about uh, our way of government, but it's also one of the things that makes uh, our American system of government that much more stable is it's hard to change things, especially big things. So it, it, it almost never happens in the same year that, it proposed, that, that something gets proposed. I mean, take no-fault reform. That was well, it's 30 years of effort before that, <laughs> before that got <laughs> through the process last year. I mean, these things take time and, uh, and, and spending or borrowing money today to only spend on trunk lines, the state's M roads and I roads, I, I just don't think that you're going you're gonna to see people notice the difference as much as what the gover governor might be hoping because the majority of people's lives are spent on their local roads and the local roads are even in worse shape. None of this money will go to that, but uh, the, the overall um, solvency of the transportation fund will be impacted for literally 25 years. So, so I also wonder what you think of the idea of this being part of a larger 
road solution. So if you borrow this money, but then you sort of make make it easier for for local municipalities to to raise money to fix their roads, something that that has been floated. If you get a couple more increases in the gas sales tax as opposed to 45 cents, maybe you're at 10 or 15 cents. Could this be, again, on the menu of, of options and just the, the first idea that, that we can embrace? And then maybe that makes it easier to talk about some of these other things. Do you, do you subscribe to that idea? I, I think that in in the, the the way that it normally works, that the, the the opposite would happen. A couple of things. First is just the just going completely going around. The legislature won't make the the overall environment for deal making any better. I can tell you from personal experience and working in the legislative process for the last uh, twelve years that um, that usually doing things, you know, staying at the table even when things get hard and people, um, you know, get get offended, staying at the table is really really important and this is kind of like uh, leaving the table uh, but but more important than that is it takes pressure off I think it takes pressure off for a deal so what it does is it says for people in a term limited environment hey you're going to be able to say that there's a record amount of uh, funding spent on roads for the entire time that you have remaining in office so what's the um, what's the motivation uh, for a for a deal in that case I mean the, the the major problem that hap- that that happens as a result of this borrowing will not be experienced by this governor. It'll be by the next three governors that come after her, and that's the three to five, depending on whether people serve one or or, uh, or two terms. And mm-hmm. that is a, um, I think that's really the 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 part to understand here is that if if the Snyder administration had done this exact same thing, then the the Whitmer administration, I think, now would find themselves in a much more difficult situation because they would have literally hundreds of millions of dollars less per year to spend on road maintenance. And yeah, you'd have a, a, a little bump in the improvement in roads. But like I said last time, after literally decades of borrowing under the two previous governors, we only reached that, um, that, that uh, 90% good standard for about three or four years. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Brian Kelly, former lieutenant governor under Rick Snyder and current president of the Small Business Association of Michigan. Uh, he is one of the people who is critical of Governor Gretchen Whitmer's plan to borrow $3.5 billion to start to fix some of the trunk lines that are in the worst shape here in the state of Michigan. This is a solution she came up with after not being able to get a 45 cent gas tax increase through the legislature last year. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call and tell us what do you think of the governor's new bonding plan? Is this a positive step toward fixing the state's crumbling infrastructure? Or do you think it's a bad move? Do you think it is borrowing money for things that we ought to be able to raise the revenue for uh, in the short term so that we don't end up with long-term debt to fix those things? Uh, What would you like to see in a comprehensive long-term plan to fix the roads? Would you pay more at the pump or at the retail counter or to drive on toll roads? Or do you think state government already has enough money to fix roads and simply needs to prioritize funding them from other places. As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 
You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. You can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Barb on Twitter has a specific question for you, Brian. She says, please ask uh, what those three legislative options from the Republicans were for solving road funding, because the only one that Barb can remember hearing about was bonding te- teacher pensions. That was one of the, the the options they put on the on the table was borrowing from that fund. What were the other What were the other ideas? And go th- go through them and kind of evaluate them for us. Which ones do you think make sense? Sure, and I and I don't, actually don't have their all three of their proposals in front of me, but I do want to point out that there was never any proposal by anybody to borrow from the teacher pension fund was borrowed they're actually it, the, right? yeah the, the proposal the proposal was actually to borrow to put to put money into the pension fund so uh what what republicans had had suggested that they do uh that that there be a, a kind of grander um more all-encompassing debt restructuring where you take where you take this the state's good credit rating and low interest rates you borrow money and you deposit it into the the teacher's pension fund so that that the state doesn't have to make as big a contributions into it. So in other words, you'd instead of just paying each uh, paying on that li- that long-term liability year by year out of current revenue, you um, you, you structure it so that m- more money goes in on the um, on the front end. So that's I just want to make people keep on saying borrow from that fund, borrow against that fund. There's not the case borrow to put money into the fund for teacher pensions was what the proposal actually was. The, um, but, but the, but the it idea was, is that it was something that would put those funds at some risk, and I think that's what people are reacting to. Is is false? It does not put those funds at risk. What it does is it puts the the state's overall um, availability to borrow. Uh, it diminishes that, mm-hmm. but it it doesn't it doesn't encumber them. It literally it's like if the state took the, what the proposal was that the state would take out a loan for ten billion dollars. And it would put that ten billion dollars into the teacher pension fund, mm-hmm. and because it did that, then the state wouldn't have to make as big a contributions every year into the fund because it just put ten billion into it. So um, l- literally, teacher pensions came uh, were un- under that deal are the ones that that come out the furthest ahead. It's the overall now the state and general obligation bonds would would be obligated to make those those bond payments, but but again it. The, the pension fund is the one that actually has no risk in this transaction. It's the rest of the state that has uh, risk in that uh, in that scenario. But that's that's an important part of the uh, the 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 aspect that the I believe the House Republicans in particular were very interested in in taking the sales tax off gasoline. Sales tax doesn't go to roads; it goes to uh, to schools and local governments. Right. And the concept was that uh, that if you bonded for those uh, for the pension liabilities and made that big deposit into the teacher pension fund, that the it would ease the the cash flow in the school aid fund that otherwise has to make those pension payments, and uh, and so that's how they would get the the sales tax off gasoline and then increase the gas tax. And it, now I I think that would have been a, a a good opportunity instead of the governor just saying no and the and the uh, the House and Senate Republicans just saying no to each other's proposals. You know at least you've got bookends there, both of which have new revenue on the road on the the table for roads, and so you have to start inching toward a deal where you you're somebody said okay well if if you wanted to do that then um, I need you to come my way. 
on this revenue number. And okay, well, I need you to come my way on the on the overall debt restructuring for the uh, the long term liabilities of the state. I mean, th- that's just how deals get made, as opposed to just pushing away from the table and saying. Well, your deal's not acceptable. Well, I don't think your deal's acceptable. And then end a discussion. That doesn't really solve anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, Barb, I really appreciate the comment. And uh, uh, Brian, I appreciate you clarifying that proposal for us. Uh, let's get to the phones, which, of course, are jammed, as they always are when we talk about roads on this program. Let's start with Daniel in Detroit. Daniel, what's on your mind? Well, hey, thanks for having me uh, on the air again. We've talked about this before. I've got a couple of points. One of my points is, uh, you know, the um, you and I have talked about the German recipe for concrete on I-75 between <laughs> 94 yes. and 375. What is the cost per mile for that? Because that was poured in, I believe, 1996, which makes it almost 25 years old. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it's been a while for sure. Condition. Yeah. Yeah, it's in perfect condition. So, what is the cost per mile for the German recipe for concrete versus what we're doing now? Has there been any studies from other states and how much they're spending per mile and what they're actually getting for a road formula, meaning the recipe for concrete? My my other point is, I own a construction company. I have five trucks on the road, and I would gladly pay the forty-five cents a gallon to have the roads fixed. Hmm. Uh, Daniel, certainly appreciate the call uh, and the and the and the comments. Uh, Brian, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this stretch of road here in Metro Detroit, but it is the the part of 75 and 375 that's sort of south of 94 but north of downtown that was repaved with a different recipe for concrete, uh, and it, it, it is pristine to drive on even even now. I'm not sure, uh, just as Daniel is not, what year exactly that was repaved, but it, but it does raise that question about how we pave the roads here and how much we spend paving the roads and whether there are savings to be had by paving them better so that they don't deteriorate as fast. Yeah, and I, I think that that's, a, that's exactly the, the sort of thing there's a, in the Transportation Commission who approved the, the letting out of the bonds uh, last week. One of the commission members, uh, Mr. Yatuma, had put on, on, the, on the table this concept of doing a, a top-to-bottom review of all the spe- specifications for the road projects. If you're going to borrow to put in, uh, to put in road improvements over the course of uh, – that you're going to have to pay back for 25 years. Well, it'd be nice if those roads lasted for 25 years, and uh, and so that so I I will take it. Uh, in fact, I was very pleased to see that conversation open because what's been happening when, when money has been short is you you do um, fixes to roads, but you're not doing the total rebuilds where you're taking out the concrete and and, and replacing it with with something better. That's more expensive to do that, and to the extent that uh, that they're going to be borrowing money to do it, I would hope that they would they would have the the research to back up doing it the very best that they could do. But I'll still say you have to do the maintenance. All pavement, all asphalt requires maintenance, and that's what is so unnerving about the uh, about the the level of borrowing here is that it will the repayment comes directly from the same funds that are used to maintain the road. So I don't care what paving formula you use. If you don't keep up with the maintenance schedule, uh, 
for the pavement or asphalt, it's just not going to last as long. Uh, before we have to end, I want to ask you about your change of heart about Donald Trump. Uh, you um, you famously shunned the president after his Access Hollywood tape was released. Now you're embracing the president. Tell me why. Well, first of all, the, the trade agreement that was just signed is the best trade agreement literally in the history of America for small business. This is, uh, is a really huge advancement and something that I think will probably be standard and trade agreements moving forward in the future, but also the, uh, the ability for small businesses to, to group together in order to increase their buying power for health care, the rule change that the president made was one of the most important for quality and affordability of, uh, of insurance for small businesses that we've seen literally in generations in this country. And while that, unfortunately, there are um, some uh, state attorneys general around the, the country challenging that rule change, not our attorney general, but others around the country, mm-hmm. and it's hung up in court right now, it is so is it is such a huge advancement. And so I just, you know, I, I get the, 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 all the controversy over Twitter and that sort of thing. But when it comes to uh, the advancements for, for just entrepreneurs that are out there making exciting and important things happen in their country, these policy changes have been very important. And, and this, so I would just ask, what is, you know, who are you going to vote for? That was the, that was, and the answer to the question is I'm going to vote for the president. So uh, you and I have talked briefly about this before, but I think what you're saying gets to a fundamental problem that the GOP has with African-American voters, with Latino voters, with Muslim Americans, which is not that that its members are actively bigoted or or passionately bigoted, but that they look the other way when somebody in their ranks is a bigot. And this president has made it really clear, I think, over the last four years at least. Uh, certainly, our, people would argue uh, that he had made it clear much earlier than that, and, and there are some really garish examples of that, that that he is a bigot and that he does embrace bigoted policies. And while everything you say about small businesses benefiting from this trade agreement may very well be true, and I, I, I don't disagree with any of it, isn't it imperative for GOP leaders like yourself to stand up and say it's not okay? It's not okay the things that he says and does about these other things. And it doesn't matter what he embraces on this one issue. It's that leadership requires that we have a president who does not behave this way. Well, I, I don't. I don't use the word um, bigot or in in the same way that uh, that you do to try and. Uh, and assign these things to people. I, you think it, he's I, not I just, a bigot? I, think it's, I don't. No, I, I, I understand that he's very controversial, and and uh, this back and forth on uh, on how he says things and how brash and you know kind of New York City he is. I get that, and how people get offended, and it's not my style. But no, I don't think that it's fair to use that word to describe him. Do you think that the policies he's embraced? reflect bigotry. I mean, let's just go back to what happened in Virginia after a Klan rally where he says there were good people on both sides. That's not that's not an embrace of bigotry or a turning away from calling out bigotry. 
Well, I'm I'm not familiar with what whatever a Klan rally in um, in Virginia. I I just know that every you time it seems that? like there, I I don't know. I don't keep up much, I guess, with what's happening in Virginia. But there's a so. But here's the one thing I've noticed though is that that the the reaction it just seems like the reaction to everything he says is so it, like people just view it in a way that is so. Um, like uh, through a lens where you just assume the worst. And I got to tell you, Stephen, if, uh, if, if people just assume the worst about you or assume the worst about me and then assume the best about themselves, well, I guess that's how we get to where we're at today. And I'm a big fan of, of giving people the benefit of the doubt, right? And, and also forgiving people when, uh, when, when they do th- things wrong. I mean, that's the it's just but the, the basis policy of the way that I'm built, the policy imperatives he's in, in embraced, the immigration policies, banning immigrants from countries that just happen to be majority Muslim and not other countries, uh, the, the 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 policies at the at the southern border that we've seen, those things don't matter as much to you as the 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 good things maybe he's done for small business. I don't agree with everything that the president has done. What I'm saying is that he is the best option on the table. I mean, look at everything that's with, uh, with groups that have been, had such terrible economic outcomes in the past doing better than they've ever done literally uh, before. I mean, it's, it's, this is the, the sort of, um, I think this is the the perfect example of something where anybody I could cherry pick things, you could cherry pick things, and paint a person in public office really well or really badly, and uh, I, I just think that I mean we're I just think that we ought to consider the whole picture, the whole person, give people the benefit of the doubt, and uh, and and then also I think we need to be prepared to accept things at face value as well. When when you say somebody does something and Here's their motive behind it. Well, I just don't think it's fair to just say, "Hey, the, the president took this policy that uh, stand on this policy, and that means that he, he had he had this motive behind it." Racism. I just don't think that that's a, a fair assessment. I don't think that you can assume what the motives behind another person. I mean, that's the. It's just. It's just. I don't think that it, it's fair. You couldn't possibly know to state it at such. Uh, with such conviction and such fact, when you're talking about something that's happening, like an opinion of another person or what the the way that they decided on a, on I think a, I'm on looking a policy at, issue, I'm looking at the policy outcomes and and saying that that there's no there's no way to justify those policies given the disparate impact that they have on black and brown people. And and I don't think that assumes any motive. It it, it assumes a consequence, and and I think that the po- GOP policies like like record low unemployment for Hispanic Americans for African Americans. I mean, those things were they, happening well before this this president was in office, and they got but they they, they haven't. Have he reached, hasn't reversed them, but but he can't. They have them. gotten better, Stephen. Yes, they have. Here, here's the problem. Here's the problem with that, Stephen. Is that I mean, you you know that I that Donald Trump is not is not my style, but I'm. I, th- I think it's important that we recognize that when, that our economic improvement in this state, which has reached a lot of different, that has reached across so many different areas, mm-hmm. 
I think it's okay to acknowledge that. I mean, I just I, that's I don't where have I a think problem. That, I don't have a problem acknowledging it. What I'm saying is, it has to be measured against these other policies, and and I'm saying that there is a responsibility that others in the GOP have to stand up and say these other things are unacceptable. And I think I think that you 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 have an obligation to say that to the point where you say I can't support this person because of these other things that that money matters the economy matters but moral leadership matters more and that's what i'm looking for i just don't agree with the premise that you set on the on the front end of this discussion i mean i think that's the main problem with the fundamental disagreement but mm. Stephen, you know how much yeah. I respect you, and I respect your opinion, sure. and and, uh, and and so I, you know, I'm not going to push back and say that that uh, that you don't have a well reasoned opinion, and I would have just expect the, the the same across the board. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Brian Kelly, really appreciate you being here. Uh, always great to catch up with you. Thanks, Stephen. Up next, we're going to talk with Chad Livengood of Cranes Detroit Business about Governor Whitmer's road bonding plan and about whether or not the state should also take out bonds for school pensions. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. Hassan and Harper Woods, Sarah in Detroit, Robert in Detroit. We'll get to you as well. We'll be back with more Detroit Today.